Hello everyone, this is Jeffrey Care. I'm back with another installment of the News of the Month series on the Care Reviews podcast. This is where I talk about a few different entertainment news stories that feel important and or interesting to me. Each of the stories you'll be hearing me talk about have been divided into four separate categories. The first set of them is about Wicked. In previous podcasts, I've discussed different updates about Universal's long-awaited film adaptation of the Broadway smash. First, I discussed director Stephen Daldry leaving the project back in November of 2020. Then I discussed In the Heights helmer John M. Chu taking over back in March of this year. Now we've gotten some official casting. Cynthia Rivo will star as Alphaba opposite Ariana Grande as Glinda. For those who may or may not have been keeping up with my casting suggestions... Cynthia Riva was one of many ideas I threw out there for Elphaba. Anyone who's heard her sing knows she certainly has the voice for it. I saw her on Broadway in the color purple about two nights before the 2016 Tony Awards. I thought she was every bit as incredible as people thought she was. When I met her at the stage door after the show, she said to me that she recognized how much I was really into it in the audience. I sat pretty close to the stage. What's most interesting about this is that PBS broadcast a symphony concert that featured different performers singing renditions of the songs from Wicked a few months ago. Cynthia Revo got to be a part of that singing Thank Goodness, which in the musical is mostly sung by Glinda. Speaking of which, I was surprised by the casting of Ariana Grande in that role. People were thinking she would be an option for Alphaba, especially given how she sang her own rendition of The Wizard and I during NBC's 2018 telecast titled A Very Wicked Halloween, which celebrated the show's 15th anniversary on Broadway. Although for Ariana Grande, this almost feels like a long time coming for her as she was someone who got to see the original cast as a child and even got to meet Kristen Chen with Broadway's original Glenda backstage afterwards. As for my thoughts on this casting... I think it's an interesting choice. I'm definitely curious to see how it will come off in the finished product. I'll be sure to discuss more casting announcements for the film here on the podcast as soon as there are any. This next news story is about Martin Scorsese. One of the greatest and most influential filmmakers of all time has made about 25 pictures in his career. He recently entered post-production on his 26th Killers of the Flower Moon for Apple TV+. Now it looks like he might have his 27th lined up. It will be a biopic about the band The Grateful Dead. Jonah Hill is set to co-produce and stars frontman Jerry Garcia, making this his second collaboration with Scorsese following 2013's The Wolf of Wall Street, which earned Hill an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. The script is being written by Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, the duo behind 1994's Ed Wood, 1996's The People vs. Larry Flint, 1999's Man on the Moon, and 2019's Dolomite is My Name. This is so interesting because I remember hearing a few years ago that Martin Scorsese was apparently eyeing retirement, yet at age 79, he's still going strong with no signs of slowing down. Yet. Especially given how each and every movie he makes always has a completely different tone from the rest in his filmography. So this project sounds like an interesting one to keep an eye out on. This next news story is about the Screen Actors Guild. Nominations for this year's SAG Awards won't be announced until next month, though what was recently revealed is the recipient of their Lifetime Achievement Award. That's been given out every year since 1962, even before SAG started giving out competitive awards in 1995. However, 
Because they couldn't do a live show due to the pandemic, last year's ceremony was pre-taped to fit a one-hour time slot on TBS and TNT. Therefore, no Lifetime Achievement Award was given out. Thankfully, it will be returning this year, and the recipient is Dame Helen Mirren. This is acting royalty right here. No pun intended, given that she has played a lot of royal characters over the years. Her screen credits alone consists of four Oscar nominations, which includes a win for 2006's The Queen, 11 Primetime Emmy nominations, which includes four wins, and 13 Screen Actors Guild nominations, which includes five wins, both individually and as a member of ensembles. Therefore, I think she is absolutely very deserving of this kind of recognition. This year's SAG Awards will be held on February 27th, 2022, and Helen Mirren is already the first person you should count on to be up on stage accepting a trophy. For our final subject, I'd like to take this moment to remember three industry veterans we've lost within this past month. Actors Dean Stockwell died of natural causes on November 7th at the age of 85. He earned four consecutive Primetime Emmy Award nominations for his role on Quantum Leap from 1990 through 1993, as well as an Oscar nod for his performance in 1988's Married to the Mob. His other big screen credits included 1945's Anchors Away, 1947's Gentleman's Agreement, 1984's Dune, 1987's Beverly Hills Cop 2, 1988's Tucker, The Man and His Dream, 1997's Air Force One, and 2004's The Manchurian Candidate. Actress Lisa Brown died on November 24th at the age of 67, although no cause of death has been revealed. She was best known for her roles on long-running soap operas such as As the World Turns, which earned her two consecutive daytime Emmy nominations in 1987 and 1988, and Guiding Light. In fact, my mother actually got to see her on Broadway as Peggy Sawyer in 42nd Street way back in the 1980s. Beth Level, who later won a Tony Award for her performance in The Drowsy Chaperone, was also in the show at that point, making her main stem debut in the role of Annie. Legendary musical theater songwriter Stephen Sondheim died on November 26th at the age of 91, although no cause of death has been revealed. A protege of book writer lyricist Oscar Hammerstein II, he received his first co-writing credit on a Broadway musical when he was just 27 and a half years old. It was with writing the lyrics for West Side Story. When Sondheim was originally offered to work with composer Leonard Bernstein on the score, he turned it down at first because he was determined to write both music and lyrics for a musical as opposed to just one of the two. Yet Oscar Hammerstein persuaded Steve to reconsider, feeling that he would learn a whole lot from the experience. Less than two years later, Sondheim received his second co-writing credit on a Broadway musical with writing the lyrics for Gypsy. He was actually originally promised that it would be his first musical as composer and lyricist. However, the original star, Ethel Merman, did not want an unknown composer writing the score. So Steve had to work with Julie Stein on it, waiting a little longer before he eventually started writing both music and lyrics for a living. Stephen Sondheim later came into his own as both composer and lyricist on many more musicals, such as If Anything Happens on the Way to the Form, Anyone Can Whistle, Company, Follies, A Little Night Music, Pacific Overtures, Sweeney Todd, Merrily We Roll Along, Sunday in the Park with George, Into the Woods, 
Assassins, and Passion. While those shows never reached the heights of being big commercial successes, nor have they necessarily been accessible to casual audiences, most of them have at least been considered to be among the great works in musical theater. Steve has also been viewed as the William Shakespeare of composer lyricists, especially with how his lyrics read like poetry and how actors directors love to take a crack at his works. Sondheim managed to receive nine Tonys. Eight Grammys and an Oscar for writing the song sooner or later from the 1990 Warren Beatty film Dick Tracy over the course of his career. He has also been an inspiration to countless aspiring musical theater writers, including Rent creator Jonathan Larson. In Netflix's recently released feature film Tick Tick Boom, Jonathan's influence by Sondheim was covered, which also included a perfect portrayal of him by actor Bradley Whitford, as well as a voice message recorded by the real Stephen Sondheim. My condolences go out to all of their families. So that's just about does it for the news of this month. I will be back on January third, twenty twenty-two, to discuss any bits of entertainment news stories that I found interesting and/or important from December. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com/carereviewspodcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.